This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. We're on the phone today with Bill Newtonboom, the president of Stout Tanks and Kettles in Portland, Oregon. And we're also pleased to welcome David Aycock and Toby Tull, who are the co-founders of Bear Butcher, based in Waco, Texas. Last month, all three were presented at the KombuchaCon in Long Beach in a talk titled, New Equipment for Brewing Compliant Kombucha. They announced uh, the Symbiosis Fermenter System, which claims to not only cut fermentation times in half, but keep the kombucha to under 0.5% ABV. So welcome to Booch News, uh, guys. Hey, thank you very much, Ian. It's really and, good to be uh, here. Yeah, thank you uh, for taking the time. I know you're all very, very busy in this crazy industry. Uh, Bill, um, maybe you could kick it off by, can you describe the new symbiosis fermenter system that you introduced at KombuchaCon and, and tell us a little bit about what's unique about it? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, um, it is really designed to help uh, kombucha brewers scale up and, uh, and, and develop commercial quality uh, kombucha that is still authentically brewed kombucha. And what's unique is that it's designed to be a good habitat for both the yeast and the bacteria. Most fermentation happens in, um, uh, in ferment fermenters that are designed specifically for yeast and are designed to keep the bacteria out. But kombucha is unique that it has a symbiosis between uh, bacteria and yeast. And what we've tried to provide is an environment where the yeast and bacteria can, can exist in balance and harmony with one another and ferment in a way that is faster, more complete, uh, creates better tasting kombucha, and most importantly, you know, helps people comply with the alcohol uh, restrictions put in place by the TTB. Uh, and it does that by, uh, by shifting the balance toward the bacteria which consume alcohol and away from the yeast which produce alcohol. And it's designed to create a, a balanced, harmonious symbiosis between the yeast and the bacteria in a, um, in a SCOBY um, to keep the alcohol levels down. And, and what does it actually look like for those people who haven't seen the system? So the, the system is designed to, uh, to increase access to oxygen. Oxygen is one of the, um, uh, the limiting factors for the bacteria. So if we can improve their access to oxygen, we can improve how well they ferment in conjunction with the yeast. So what we've created is a, is a series of trays um, that have an open top um, and allow us to, uh, to give the bacteria in the, um, in the kombucha more access to oxygen. So instead of a closed-top conical fermenter that you normally see in, in most breweries, um, we have an open-top system of trays um, that's designed to, um, to help the bacteria thrive better. Great, great. Well, um, Toby and Dave, um, I believe that you were, not say early adopters, you actually held to have a role in development of this system. Um, can you talk about that a little and what results are you seeing today? Yeah, uh, this is David here. I'll, I'll start off by saying that uh, it was about a year and a year and a half ago that Toby and I began um, really seriously uh, trying to innovate with, and play with the shape of uh, vessels that we were fermenting in. And after uh, last year's KombuchaCon, um, we probably performed uh, between 900 and 1,000 alcohol 
tests and tests of other kinds to see what was happening um, in different kinds of vessels. And it was around the early summer, I think it was, that uh, we decided we had enough to go talk with a tank maker, uh, someone like Stout Tanks, with whom we had a great working relationship already. Um, Stout has a lot of competency in working with stainless steel and food grade metals and also uh, in the beer, the craft beer and, and wine industry. And so um, they were kind of a natural fit, a natural partner for us to take our research to. So we sat down and, and uh, Bill and his team were very receptive to what it was that we were looking at. And um, what we thought we all had was uh, a way forward for commercial kombucha brewers um, to improve their processes. And just like Bill said, um, to remain true to the natural, unpasteurized, raw process of fermenting and bottling kombucha. Yeah, and, and is, it is it that fact then that babucha that people in Texas presumably can buy today, is that all brewed now in this uh, symbiosis methodology? Yes, exactly. So Barbucha uses the same uh, style methodology, the same tank style that uh, we have designed with the symbiosis tank. And the symbiosis tanks are uh, actually in our brewery now. We've really enjoyed uh, the process of kind of discovering and playing with um, uh, the kombucha fermentation because, as Bill said, we've uncovered that not only does it help speed up fermentation, but it also uh, helps to reduce alcohol production. And so that's a big double whammy for uh, kombucha brewers who are doing that on a, on a commercial scale. Yeah, that's, I mean, anybody who follows this industry knows alcohol has been kind of one of the Achilles heels from way back when there was recalls and stuff and, and different systems are around today. So, Bill, what's been the interest from other kombucha brewers and and yeah, what, I mean, the, what's the, the current product been, family as well? The response has been immediate and it's been pretty strong and people want bigger systems. Um, so, you know, we were really working with, uh, with uh, David and Toby on developing prototype systems so that we could, you know, really understand the fermentation and what's going on. And uh, immediately after we presented it at KombuchaCon in Long Beach, people were asking us if they could get bigger uh, systems. So the symbiosis that we um, uh, debuted in Long Beach was really a two-barrel fermenter. And since then, we have designed a four-barrel fermenter, a five-barrel fermenter, and a ten-barrel fermenter. Um, and we've been, you know, getting interest from people all over the world um, on, on using the larger scales. People really want to scale up. Um, they want to, you know, create um, authentic, true, live kombucha, but at larger scales in order to meet the demand uh, from consumers. And um, so we're hoping to provide um, bigger systems for people as they scale up larger and larger. Right. And now I have to ask you, because I know there was a comment actually on one of the reports that came out about this where somebody immediately jumped in and said, what about home brewers? Is there any plans to make smaller systems that home brewers might like? Yeah, exactly. Because this is a, a modular system and, you know, the, the smallest fermenter that we have uh, consists of four separate trays. Um, we're actually selling the trays individually so people can, can buy them and use them at home. And, you know, we found that it's a, um, a much better way, you know, even at home um, to control your fermentation and to be able to, you know, give the right environment for the bacteria or the yeast depending on, on what it is that you want to accomplish with your brew. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. We're selling 
um, you know, homebrew size symbiosis all the way up to, you know, multiple commercial 10-barrel um, systems. Okay, so what kind of uh, price range are you talking about from a home brewer up to the largest system? How, do, how does the price compare? Yeah, so on a, on a commercial system, you're really talking, you know, from about uh, $27.49 is what the uh, two-barrel symbiosis fermenter uh, sells for, and the 10-barrel system uh, sells for $67.49. Um, so it's really a cost-effective uh, vessel um, for production purposes when you think about um, your throughput, um, given the increased, uh, you know, speed of fermentation, how many gallons you can actually produce. Um, and, you know, we've been, um, a lot of our customers have been, uh, you know, really happy um, with the prices that we've been able to, to provide these at. Great. Yeah, that does sound, uh, I mean, for a commercial brewer, too. You're talking about 2,700 to 6,700. That's not a big investment, I imagine. Um, so, Toby or Dave, David, how uh, come last year you decided to share this with the world? Aren't, aren't you giving away a competitive advantage here? Yeah, this is this is Toby. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting question because, and we've gotten it a few times. And the reason why we decided to go ahead and release this to the industry is one, we don't think that compliance to the law is a competitive advantage necessarily uh, for a, for an entire industry. Uh, the second thing is is that we want we want Barbucha to thrive, we want kombucha to thrive, and for us, we felt like by sharing this information ultimately the consumer wins. So by producing an, an unpasteurized, uh, live, authentic kombucha, uh, Berbucha only thrives if we've all leveled the playing field. We believe that we have uh, some of the best-tasting kombucha out there. Um, but again, we're only competitive if everyone is making authentic, raw kombucha. Um, and so for us, we just felt like uh, the consumer was not able to trust the kind of kombucha they were purchasing. So we said, well, let's just get this out there and level the playing field, and we'll all just compete um, based on other factors than compliance to the law. Uh, I think that both David and I are very passionate about the effects and the uh, ultimate impact of true kombucha, and we all know that there's so many brands out there that are adulterating their product uh, in order to make it compliant. Um, and so we felt like, uh, as the old adage goes, a rising tide lifts all ships. And so by sharing this with everyone and saying, hey, there is a way to produce authentic raw kombucha that is non-alcoholic uh, according to the law benefits everyone, including berbucha. Um, so yeah, that's why we decided to share it. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, it seems like a very genuine um, sort of approach that you've got there, and you, like you say, you still differentiate yourself on on taste and other aspects of your brand. So, uh, Bill or anybody, actually, do you see this as heralding the end of conical tank fermenting in the kombucha business, or will there still obviously there's probably a huge installed base and and stout kettles still makes conical tanks? But um, what do you think of the future here for this fermentation system? This you know, the, um, Ian, the future is really bright. There is so much innovation happening, especially in the kombucha space. Um, when you think about the, you know, the rich culture that is kombucha, 
the, you know, we're working with uh, Keisha Harrison at Oregon State University who's doing some amazing research on, you know, exactly what organisms are in a kombucha scoby, how they're fermenting together, uh, what the sequence of fermentation is, you know, across the lifetime of a scoby, but also across a cycle of fermentation. Um, you know, which, which uh, microbes are doing, you know, what things when and in conjunction with each other. So we're really at the beginning of learning about the fermentation process. You know, people have been fermenting with yeast alone for thousands of years, you know, beer and wine, and, and they, they understand it a lot. Um, people have been fermenting with bacteria to make, um, you know, to make vinegar and to make pickled uh, products for a long time too, but kombucha is really trying to put the two together and come up with it, and there's just so much to learn about the fermentation and so much to do. Um, I don't think we've seen the end of conical fermenters. I think um, we are just at the beginning of the innovation cycle, and there's a lot more innovation to come. Um, you know, we have, we have customers that are working with their conicals um, and, you know, uh, coming up with new ways of using them. Um, the, providing the oxygen, you know, one of the ways that you can provide oxygen is, is on the surface, like we're doing with our current symbiosis line. Another way that you can provide oxygen is by aerating the kombucha um, and giving the, uh, the bacteria throughout the broth access to it. Um, you know, that's the way uh, that vinegar is fermented, uh, you know, with an aeration system. Um, and we have lots of customers who are, who are looking at that as well. Um, so, I mean, I think the symbiosis line of fermenters is just the first of many innovations to come in this industry. There's going to be so much development of kombucha going forward because the consumer really wants it. The health benefits are, are undeniable and, um, um, you know, and the culture is growing. Um, so I think kombucha has a long road of innovation ahead. That's great. Yeah. So, Bill, where can people go to find out more information? Um, you know, they can come to, uh, to our website, stouttanks.com, S-T-O-U-T-T-A-N-K-S.com. Um, I think Toby and, and David also have some information on their site. Um, and, of course, the Kombucha Brewers International, uh, you know, also has some information uh, there. Um, and we're happy to take phone calls at uh, stouttanks.com. You know, our... Um, uh, our telephone number is right on our website, and uh, you know we've got a number of professional brewers here with lots of experience in kombucha. You know, happy to talk with people who want to learn more. So, social media is also a great way to learn about this. You know, um, you, you can find us at Stout Tanks, um, you know, on Instagram and and, uh, um, and on Facebook, and um, you know, lots of great places to find information there too. And I'll add that Bearbucha is also not done innovating in the kombucha space yet. And you can find us on Instagram at at Bearbucha, B-A-R-E-B-U-C-H-A. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. This is really exciting uh, news, and uh, thanks for the update. And I think anybody in the kombucha industry owes it to themselves to check out the symbiosis fermenter and, and keep an eye open for other innovations. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, Bearbucha and Stat Tanks are thrilled to be uh, uh, on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.